Welcome to another episode of Two Crones in a Book, where your host Shell and Annette get together to talk book-related stuff. This could be a review of a book, watch-along of movies based on books, or general ramblings. But be warned, each episode, including this one, contains adult language and spoilers. Consider yourself thoroughly warned, and welcome to our chaotic tea party. Welcome everyone to another episode of Two Crones and a Book, and this episode we are talking about The Hunger by Alma Katsu, uh, which is a historical fictional retake on actual events. That's right, isn't it, Annette? In a roundabout, <laughs> twisted way. That sounded so complicated. <laughs> what did I get like the fun out of a subject? <laughs> Well, is, is that not correct? No, it is, it is correct. It was, it's just that that was wordy. <laughs> okay, so it's this writer's take on what actually happened because no one really knows what happened. Is that better, Annette? I like that. Yeah, that, there you go. That's for my level. <laughs> so what did you, did you think? Should we, should we do the synopsis again, do you think? Yeah, give the, give the people a synopsis. Okay, so the synopsis for this is... After having travelled west for weeks, the party of pioneers comes to a crossroads. It's time for their leader, George Donner, to make a choice. They face two diverging paths which lead to the same destination. One is well documented, the other untested, but rumoured to be shorter. Donner's decision will shape the lives of everyone travelling with him. The searing heat of the desert give way to brighting winds and a bitter cold that freezes the cattle where they stand. Driven to the brink of madness, the ill-fated group struggles to survive and minor disagreements turn into violent confrontations. When the children begin to disappear, as the survivors turn against each other, a few begin to realise that the threat they face reaches beyond the fury of the natural elements to something more primal and far more deadly. Based on the true story of the Donner Party, the hunger is an eerie, shiver-inducing exploration of human nature pushed to its breaking point. Sounds fun, didn't it? <laughs> oh, do you know, I was like, ooh. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Publication date was the February 2019. Uh, it's 496 pages, print length. What was your audible? Yeah, it clocked up at 10 hours, 34 minutes. It's not bad, is it? No, it was a really easy... Uh, amount of time to be honest i you know you see numbers like that you start to struggle when it's going into double figures but no it was that it was um such an easy listen that he didn't feel it and it's worth saying that um stephen king uh, tagline on the cover of the book is uh, stephen king says that it's deeply disturbing and hard to put down well there we go is that high praise indeed and i don't think it's pretty good isn't it yeah i'd be <laughs> I, i'd be i'd be happy with that yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, did you like it? Actually, I did. Me too. I was surprised by how much. Yeah, definitely. I mean, obviously, like we've said before, we're only going in for soft spoilers at the minute. Nothing too heavy yet. <laughs> we'll give you an alert for the big ones. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but um, no, it was... With me, with period pieces, it can go either way, as you know. Yep. It's very much... I, I get lost with a lot of the characters or the language, but no, this was perfectly fine. It wasn't too heavy into, shall we say, what what, what I call it, flowery language. There was none of that rubbish. <laughs> it was, it was, no, it was, it was so well written. The characters are very easily dif di to differentiate between. I and there's a lot of them, isn't there? There is. I mean, I name wise, I will get a bit. I got lost on some of them. <laughs> 
because they like you said there is an abundance of characters in this book but your, your your main core ones you know i i had in my head and i could picture them and everything and you know define but yep like other characters like the the guy who's writing letters yep brian yeah all that side of it kind of i i got lost and muddled and then some of the relationships i got muddled on <laughs> part way through but then it was like it, hang on who was that again now oh yeah oh, oh yeah it was that one is yeah. that one but yeah it was very that it was it was high melodrama as well as um yeah. horror definitely I, I thought it was really, really good. When I first picked it up, I was like, oh, this isn't going to be a quick read. Because we, we do these relatively blind. A lot of them are, are recommendations and not stuff that we, we pick. Yeah. Um, so I, I focused on the size of the book and thought, oh, this isn't going to be a quick one. Well, it bloody was because I tore through it. Yeah, it's amazing, isn't it? You wouldn't think it. it it's such an easy read that, and you just find yourself continues like, like two three hours and i'm still going what's <laughs> and because there's always something happening as well isn't there there's no what i would call dead spots sometimes you can get that lull in a book um and i didn't think that this had that this because perhaps the volume of characters and the journey that they're on it keeps it quite full yeah definitely and i think it had just the right amount of horror element to keep me interested so say there was a lot focused on people's relationships or their mm. background and i did kind of like mm, okay it's going on a little Ooh, oh my god what happened there <laughs> <laughs> it was like that for those yeah he's like oh alma you done got me i'm back in the book <laughs> <laughs> you know i i, I actually enjoyed it so much I, I looked up what else she'd done i hadn't um she wasn't on my radar i wasn't an author that was on my radar uh, and she's done one about the Titanic as well called The Deep. And I, I've, that's been added to the To Be Read list. God knows when I'll get to it, but it's <laughs> it's in it. I was like, yeah, no, I could I could do that again. I think I'd reread it. She's a fascinating woman as well. She must be so like on the ball to keep track of everything that was going and then to weave it. So this is actually based on the Donner Party, which you do like, don't you? You're quite aware of, of this. Well, you know, I'm I'm into my true crime you know, so yep. this is a story I'm really familiar with and um, from like movies and documentaries and stuff. So, yeah, you know, I've I, d I don't have like a solid knowledge, but, you know, I know the, the checkpoints and the, and they were all featured in it. So she definitely, you know, she 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 knew what she was doing. Yeah, and she's got a section on her um, website. So I didn't Google it till afterwards, um, and it was when I was trying to find out what else she did. And she's she's uh, got a section on her website where she actually says which characters were real and yeah. which events were real. Yeah, yeah, because um, it is well known about them taking that wrong path and things like that. You know, which was based on a, a guy's. Um, I can't remember what his name was, but there was a guy who was promoting this other route. Mm -hmm. um, and he, he was legit and he was on reflection. Historically, they think he was a charlington. He was just trying to to make a pound note. Um, and he would, they, there is a, a small belief that he was trying to get people uh, nearer to Mexico because there was a big thing at the time about Mexico and uh, America. I'm not sure of the details. There was uh, a slant that he was trying to, to do that for some kind of political reason. Yeah. Um, so that's interesting having a look. Did you did you know she actually used to work for the, is it the intelligence bureau or something? No, did she? No wonder she's so good at details. Yeah, I think she's just brought out her first um, spy novel as well. Mm -hmm. So yeah. if you're into that kind of thing, definitely maybe check that out. 
Yeah, no, I, I should definitely revisit anything that she she she's done. Um, and it, it's a name now that you think, well, that one was good. You know, it was that good that you, if you saw her on something else, you'd go, ooh. Definitely, definitely. Um, it's quite hard at the moment because we're trying to be light on spoilers. We're taking a new approach based on feedback, <laughs> which is where we don't give everything away in the beginning. And we warn you when we start to. Yeah. <laughs> and it's a valid point, which is why we're doing it. But it's a challenge. Um, <laughs> it is. It's like I'm too afraid of doing anything now. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, if if oh, I think we we can discuss the, the the beginning of the book, chapter one, um, you've got some guys that they're already on their journey, but they're parked up, and, and you get an intro to some of the characters, mm-hmm. and you think that it's a non-relevant section, but on reflection, chapter one is kind of lining you up for everything else. So there's one guy who's shaving, uh, and he cuts himself, just an, a nick, um, and his mate comes over and, and says to him, you know, oh, you know, wolves will smell blood for miles. I didn't uh, even clock that. Oh, my God. You know, and you think, ah, oh, right, okay. But it's not till it, when you're tearing through that beginning bit, you just think, oh, it's an intro. It's like chapter one. Yeah. Um, there is a lot of characters in here, and I think it'd be really hard to cover them all. Hmm. The characters that, that resonated the most with me is a lady called Tamsim, yep. who is married to um, Donna, the, the Donna leader. Mm-hmm. Um, and she gets a bit of a raw deal because she's lined up as, as being a bit of a witch and a bit of a harlot because um, she likes to collect her flowers and stuff, doesn't she? Yeah. The other one is Keysburg. Although his presence isn't overly established, it's he's, it's not a big thing, but he is pretty relevant. So if you're reading this, you want to pay attention to him. Yeah. Um, we'll get to spoilers after we we, we give you this signal. <laughs> I'm, I'm literally biting my tongue. <laughs> oh, I want to say stuff, but I can't yet. Oh, I'm being so good. You've got um, Stanton. Stanton, yeah, mm-hmm. he he's pretty key in it. And you've got uh, the other one for me was Bryant, um, who's had some medical training, and he's pretty significant because minor spoiler, um, he kind of separates for a reason from the party so you get these two and I thought that was really important in the book you get these two kind of uh, stories happening same timeline yeah uh, equally relevant but you're getting information from one that you're not getting from the other I I think I would uh, throw Reed in there as well as an important character yes yeah even though slightly minor it 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 does have an um, important role to play in it yeah but, I mean, the language was, was, was pretty good for this as well. I mean, Tamsin, one of the reasons that she resonated with me is her take on humanity, uh, especially from the perception of a woman, feels pretty real. So, um, you know, quite early in the book on, on page 24, minor spoiler, because it's right at the beginning, um, a child goes missing mm-hmm. um, from, from the encampment. Well, it does say that in the description that, it does, yeah. So, and it, this is this is early on. It has bearing later, but it, it's pretty early on. Uh, and around page 24, Tamsin says, you know, terrible things happen to children and women all the time in their own homes by people you know yeah. and people you thought you could trust. So already, really early on, if your head's in the game, you're getting indicators of what coming. Because to me, that straight away established the threat was within. Yeah, yeah. Um, and... For a woman that was supposedly sheltered at the time, because she's quite well off, so this isn't a, a working class lady. This is a a married woman of status. That's a pretty realistic and honest take mm-hmm. on the impact of women at the time, wouldn't you say? Oh yeah, definitely. I mean, but this is as well. This is her um, is it her second marriage, isn't it? 
yeah that comes with its own pitfalls and how you're viewed and there is there is nothing harsher than another woman judging another woman and that happens a lot in this yes yeah but i can't say any more without spoiling it no i think <laughs> i think i think we need to um get into it because okay. this is too much <laughs> <laughs> So, I mean, before we go into the spoilers, which we're about to do now, and we'll, we'll give you the signal, um, this is a thumbs up from me. I liked the language. Yes. Uh, it was an easy flow. Um, although there's a lot going on, it didn't feel overwhelming. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I would highly recommend it. It's a thumbs up from this crown. Yeah, it's uh, it's got strong characterization. It is well paced. There is just the right amount of horror and drama uh, to definitely get a thumbs up from this crone as well okay so now what we're going to do ladies and gentlemen is we we want to get into the real shit so if you're going to read this um, which we recommend that you do you will want to to pause this podcast and perhaps revisit it once you've read it because now we are about to launch to the spoiler floor Next stop, the spoiler floor. Thank fuck for that, Annette. <laughs> oh, oh, take these binds <laughs> off me. <laughs> Restrictions. Oh. <laughs> Michelle, <laughs> I, I need to say Go something. Go for it. You're free now. <laughs> Pine. Pioneers were horny and evil. <laughs> yeah, I wouldn't have wanted to go with them. <laughs> this is not a journey I want to go on. No. Ever. <laughs> Definitely not. I mean, so fully established now, full disclosure, this, this is where we're going into every aspect of the book. There is no light spoilers in this. We're just going to give it to you how it was. Um, yeah. In the first half, I've said how much I like Tamsin. Now... When you first start to read this book, you're going to think that she is a stuck-up bitch. Oh, a hundred percent! I hated her that. Very yeah, you know she she is having an affair. There's there's uh, insinuations. You kind of get it from the tone of the book and the language that's used. That one of the reasons that that she's part of this party is they've had to move on because she shagged about where she was before. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah. She is um, not particularly interactive with the other wo- women. Um, she does collect her dry herbs um, and and do her little potions and has got protective charms and stuff in. But overall, you, you think she's a stuck-up bitch. But my God, uh, when you get to the second half of the book, this woman really is, is not to be underestimated. At every challenge oh, she faces, no. she fucking stands her ground and does all that you could hope she would do. She, I mean, talk about a fucking tiger mom. Yeah. Jesus, she's so fiercely protective of her little girls, even her, her um, uh, stepchildren, yeah. even though she doesn't particularly like because she is... She, at the beginning, she is very surface to the point that uh, she restricts the kids' diets. Yep. You know, um, it's all about maintaining beauty regimes. She will not mix with people who are less attractive yep. than her. And you think she's just, oh, to be honest, you think, what a fucking stuck-up cunt. Yeah, but no, not at all. I mean, she also she also doesn't relate so much as well because she was pretty much brought up by the, the woman that worked for mm. their family. Who, who was um, from of Native yep. American descent, and she um, taught her how to use, you know, natural mm-hmm. remedies and things like that. And 
it's given her an intelligence above others that you know is distrusted as we've seen throughout history and i I mean she some of the things that she comes out with so uh, what she's getting about halfway through the book i think it was page 305 she she says um and this is just before there's an attack on her and her tent in the night um so this isn't Mm. a reflection of of what's happened this is a a preempt like a premonition she says there was a giddiness in the air it was like the high of a gambler on his last coin and she also reflects that she's shocked by the others in the camp because they forget the obvious that the mountains like most beautiful things in this world were deadly that's a pretty accurate summary and i wonder if that's why she was disassociating a little bit because she thought you know that they were naive yeah definitely but she she uh, i mean there's a a loner that's part of the party and she cares for him when he's really sick and everyone else is just saying leave him um that turns out to be a mistake for her because he he turns into one of these beastie things oh my god oh yeah uh trigger warning by the way we will be discussing subjects such as animal death which i wasn't prepared for uh also um sexual abuse incest <laughs> this is a spoiler section so you've got to prepare yourselves for this but these subjects will yeah. be covered um so, i mean so she protects this loner after his jack russell is killed fuckers absolutely vicious uh, she encourages uh, there's a point in the book where and this 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 is all over the place so we've we forewarned you but there's a point in the book where um reed is uh, he's killed someone within the camp for just reason um and he's going to be they want to execute him the camp wants to execute him and she pleads his case to be exiled instead of execution now that that was almost a death sentence but it wasn't yeah. an exact death and it gave him the slimmest of slim chances and it, it pays off because he, he does he does survive but she she does that so she pleads the case for him um there's a, a section where she's out in the open later in the book and uh, the beasties, for want of a better term for them, uh, comes for the kids, don't they? I can't think of a, a, a better frame for them because they're I not know, named, yeah, are yeah. they? <laughs> yeah. No. So we're going to call them the beasties. Um, and she she's bricking it, but she she screams to the kids like behind me, and she's there with a torch, and she's ready to give it some to try and protect them. Yeah. Even though she's terrified. Um, and then her, her husband, uh, he, he gets he gets shot much much later in the book, towards the end. And she, they're separated from the rest of the party, but she stays with him, and she she knows that it's she, she it's she could die by staying with him. It's just her and him, and they're surrounded by these beasties that can. But she won't leave him, um, but, but before she but before before he dies naturally. I mean, I'd have been inclined to smother the fucker and just get on with it, but <laughs> you know, she again she does the right thing, even though she started off and you thought she was this this bitch. And ultimately, this is a super, super fucking spoiler. Ultimately, at yes. the end, um, she we find yeah, out, she yeah. makes her way uh, to the camp where the other half of the camp is. And she discovers what's gone on at the camp, which we'll go into later. Um, but she, yep. she basically makes the decision to sacrifice herself to be eaten by them as long as they don't know. And that will get them through the last of the winter. You know, she makes a, a deal essentially with, with the devil. Um, yeah. And no one else yeah. knows that she's there. So she says, okay, I'll, I'll, I'll do it as long as they never know it was me. And that I go to them first. Um, it blew my fucking mind. Yeah. You know, this woman that when you start off, you think, oh, she's an irritating bitch that needs a slap. She powerhouses up all the way through and, and, and does exactly what you... You would hope that a, a mum 
um, would do for you. Oh, 100%. What was your feeling, though, on um, the her true love, who it really was after all? That part of the story, what was your feeling I think it was a little bit unnecessary. Yeah, yeah, because um, there, there's a, a flashback um, part of the where she met mm. Donna um, was after her first marriage failed and she went to live yep. with her brother, whose wife died, and she essentially became like a parent to her nieces mm. and nephews or whatever. And, you know, the brother was saying how, you know, you couldn't do without her but it turns out later on she she openly admitted that she was in love with her brother and she would have stayed with him if he'd asked her to rather than gone with Donna yeah and I I I don't I don't know what value that brought to her storyline to be honest when you think about the rest of this book it's like of course she did everybody else was shagging everyone else in their family why not (laughs) yeah no I I I don't know what value it brought to, to the point that I forgot it till you just mentioned it. <laughs> yeah, I just stuck a cry and was like, really? And I was listening to that bit. Okay, not much point there. I don't know whether it was meant to add a dimension to her that, you know, she that she could love somebody. Perhaps or... that was it, that she was capable of, and perhaps that's why she was so disassociated with her husband. Yeah. Although, again, her husband, they've got quite a turbulent relationship and it, it's clearly not one of... of of love although he seems to be quite doty on her it's more possession yeah you know look love. at this pretty candy on my arm um mm. when they're attacked in the night and someone's there to to essentially to to shoot her and which turns out to be a setup uh, later on you find out some more details about that um he he stands in front of her and takes the bullet for her mm. you know so he mm. he 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 did care because i you know at that point in the book i'd have been inclined to throw her at the bullet to protect myself <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I mean that—that's the biggest character for me. I, I did have, um, I, I, I did like uh, Brian and Stanton, but I mean, I've read it quite a lot. Who, who was your your go-to? What stuck out for you? I think it's got to be Stanton and his story. Yeah. Obviously, we the we when we meet him, he's he's had this sexual fling with Tasman because she gets and, about um oh just a bit <laughs> uh, <laughs> but the thing and but that was another thing as well when it all comes to like that and one of the other guys is it Mary yeah. and Stanton kind of start building this relationship but Tasman doesn't really seem that bothered she's just a bit more annoyed yeah, yeah. that this younger things come in and taking a bit of joy yeah it's more yeah, she's quite accepting of it like it's more like someone else is, is wearing one of her old dresses <laughs> yeah exactly yeah but it his role in it is and his backstory because he is a man on his own so he's constantly getting you need to find a woman you know yeah. from all these ladies and things like that and there's good reason why he doesn't have a relationship and it was from his um first love's backstory and yeah. her story which was childhood friends as they grew up obviously he started to fall for her i think did she go i don't know if she went away to school or something i can't remember she disconnected from him a little bit didn't she so they were really close and then all of a sudden she steps back and he can't work out why no and then um he meets her in a, um, a park one day breaks down he breaks down in te- she breaks down in tears and says that she's pregnant he says well do you know i all right 
Yeah. I will marry you. We'll we'll raise this child together. It's not a problem. I love you. She said, no one will know. Point where it was about telling her father, and she says, "No, you don't understand. It is my father's yeah. baby." Yeah. It's like ah, more incest. Oh my god! Again, it's like. Yeah. <laughs> So eventually she takes her own life because she can't handle the idea of doing it. And he's boxed in a corner, isn't he? Because he, he tries to say he'll do the right thing. So he goes to his dad and says that he got her knocked up. That was it. Um, and that he's going yes. to marry her, which then basically lets her dad off the hook. Because now everybody, cause, and because he's been so devoted to her and chasing her around like a lost puppy, everybody thinks that. Um so when yes. she tops herself, everybody thinks it's his thought, his fault. Yeah, that she that that he'd done it and left her in this way, and it wasn't at all. And he gets called to her father's yep. house because the father wants to figure out if he knew who the father really was, and to essentially pay him off to disappear. And he thumps him, doesn't he? So Stanton thumps the dad. He loses his rag and, and thumps him. Yeah. So he takes the money because he thumps him. Yeah. Um, he's he's yeah. He, he then goes back home and he he's being raised by his granddad, who's who's a bit of a strict preacher, and his granddad says to him, "Take take the money and leave." Yeah, don't come, just don't ever come back again. But then, eventually, over a, a number of years, the girl's father ends up flat broke, and he comes around to try and get the money back yeah. off Stanton. And when Stanton doesn't have the money to produce, he starts spreading stories about him telling everyone that he yeah. was the reason that his daughter committed suicide so eventually he came became this like black sheep blacklist and that's why he joined the to start train. fresh yeah and he doesn't yeah. tell anybody because he promised the girl that he wouldn't and, yeah. and that he would take the secret to his grave so he he, he can never declare the truth because he he is a he's an honorable man and he's honoring his yeah. promise to, to the dead love of his life so it just then leads to a life of him just sleeping with like widows and unattainable women that will, it would never go any further with. Yeah. And, but then he meets Mary on this wagon train and, you know, just it's starting to get those feelings again, but he's absolutely petrified. Yeah. But and it, it does begin to, to, to bloom a little bit, doesn't it? And, and there is that hard one level of acceptance between the two of them and, he he's his death in it. Right. Well, do, well, I was going to say as well. I think there's also a lot of mirroring because he knows that Mary's father is a bit of a drunkard. Actually, admitted to one night when they were all drinking that he spies on his daughter when she gets changed. Fucking creepy shit. Yeah. You know he had eyes on her, ready for whatever. But and that's why he didn't like Stanton's like mm-hmm. again. But yes, the the uh, his death was absolutely heartbreaking. Yes, yeah, so, I mean they they when later on in the book the wagon train uh, it's all gone really fucking horribly wrong, um, and and the bulk yeah. of the party is now trapped in these cabins. I think they are at the base of the mountains, and, and the snow settled in, and the food's running out, um, and they they kind of they get a hint of what's to come because the the group becomes quite quite feral so there's a, a native american kid with him called thomas uh, and he's in love mm-hmm. with one of the other girls and she's in love with him uh, and there is a incident with uh, keysburg i hope i'm saying that's right and keysburg's pre-relevant in this yeah. but he's quite understated all the way through until the end you don't see him as a major player unless you're paying attention no but you get such a vibe even when he's just yeah. in the background 
so there's a, and there's an incident with him because he's a, a horrible bastard and he grabs hold of it and and Thomas tries to uh, protect her and ultimately what happens is is he turns the rest of the group against him and they execute this this poor young kid um, and that's mm-hmm. at that point that Stanton and a couple of the others realise that things are going really bad and they need to get out and and they leave and they were known apparently that there was a party that separated and they were called um, the snow snowshoe party um, and they try mm. to leave uh, and it's really hard going through the mountains and they're running out of food and they're hungry and there's the beasties attack uh, and Stanton yep. is cut by one of them so he knows by now that that means he's going to be infected so he chooses yep. to to sit down and smoke the last of his tobacco uh, while the rest of the party goes on uh, and Mary, the bird that he's in love with, doesn't want to leave him. But someone else in the party drags drags her away at Stanton's request. Um, and he yeah. sits down and he smokes the last of his tobacco. And he pulls out this pistol that was Tamsin. And I thought that was quite fitting. It, it was Tamsin's yeah. pistol. And the when he finishes his cigarette, he throws it in, in into the fire. Uh, and the rest of the group hear a single gunshot. So he, he's topped himself. And apparently he was found, his body was found separated uh, in reality, was found separated from the rest of them, and the reports suggest that he just sat down. He just he said he would catch up and never did. Yeah, but that was pretty yeah. like shit, you know. I oh, know you just kind of. I mean, you you know if you know anything about the Donner Party and what happened, you know there's not going to be happy endings at the no. end of this. But you kind of still had that little bit of hope. Yeah, you know, but will they make it? Will they make it? And I didn't know that much about the story. What I knew about it was based on the game, the Donna Party game, which is, is cannibalism. Um, and yeah, I just, I just felt felt for him. It was it was really pretty, pretty sad. And it was he's sitting there reflecting, and he remembers the original loves of his life, and he can hear Mary screaming to get back to him. And he uses Tamsin's pistol. It's like the three most significant, important women in his life are present there in his last moments. Um, yeah. That was quite clever, I, I, I thought. She, she ain't stupid. She's good. <laughs> she is very good. Um, so, yeah, I mean, that's two of the players. Bryant was the other one. And he's mm-hmm. the one who gave us the separate timeline, wasn't he? The separate story that ran in along the same timeline. The one who, who leaves. Yes. So... Really early on, he can feel that things are, are not going well, um, and and he um, he he wants to leave the party, um, and he wants to he wants Stanton to come with him, but Stanton doesn't want to leave his supplies because the route that they're going to take means he'd have to leave his wagon. Um, yeah. So he decides to stay, but but Brian goes off. Um, all along the way as well, Brian is leaving letters as he promised to Stanton because they were quite chummy. Um, but those letters mysteriously are, are, are never found by Stanton. And no. it comes out later that Keysburg is the one that, that's, that's been picking them up and, and hiding them from, from the, the points that they're picking mm-hmm. out. But Bryant's on, on this journey and he, he ends up getting lost and alone in the wilderness as well. Um, and you're getting the reflection and there's at one point he's absolutely starving he's convinced he's going to die from starvation and he crawls into this cave for shade and when he's in this cave he he finds a dead body of of a Native American Mm. and at that point he reflects on cannibalism and he's having this whole internal debate with himself 
Um, and he's having this whole internal debate about whether or not he should eat this body. Um, and it's mm, fleeting mm-hmm. and it's he knows that it to him it's morally wrong. Um, but you also get uh, some of your really subtle indications about Kiesberg here. So it's about page 252 uh, and Brian is alone and he's lost and he takes shelter in this cave. Um, and when he's contemplating eating it, we get that, that clear peek into his mind. Uh, and he says he had even heard a story about it once, something about... Um, uh, someone around the campfire had been saying uh, about the early days in the early days of their journey a story about a German shipwreck uh, and how the unlucky survivors had actually survived and you know that Kiesberg is German so you kind yes. of the, the subtle messages although he's not overly defined as a character are there throughout the book he doesn't eat them the, the corpse he's found by uh, Indians and he starts traveling with them. And, and he, again, you get another hint. And all the hints at, at, at Keysburg are from Brian. So now he's traveling with these Indians that have saved him. Uh, and he ends up exploring this uh, abandoned cabin that was used by prospectors for gold who are dead. And he comes across all these bones and skulls and, and starts to investigate because he's, he's a really curious guy. He comes across some tools with some names scratched in them. Um, and one of them has got the name Keysburg scratched into it. And at that point, Brian mm-hmm. knows that the, the threat to the, the, the party, the traveling pioneers, is actually within. Uh, it's it's not without which they thought that it was. They, there was all this debate about was it Indians, was it wolves? Uh, but he realizes when he's completely powerless to save them, that the threat is in the heart of their camp. I'm just, I'm just, I'm just mesmerized you retelling me all this. I'm just, uh-huh, uh-huh. <laughs> Uh-huh. You know when I get into something, I get into it. You really got into this I book, did. didn't you? Um, yeah, I mean, there's you, uh, some other significant, for me, characters, um, like you said j- just now, was, was Reed. So he ends mm-hmm. up, the leader of the, the Donner party is is Mr. Donner, um, but he kind of gets mm-hmm. overthrown and Reed takes over. Only he's not particularly popular because um, he's all about caution, wants to share the rations and all that sort of stuff. Um, and there's... People are are a little bit edgy with him, Um, but it turns out, so there's this whole incident where he ends up killing someone, but you find out that it's it's one of the the hands and you find out that he's been sleeping with him. And he's a right old yeah. nasty piece of work. It was it. Yeah, and he's going to blackmail him and tell everybody within the the, the travelling group, the wagon group, uh, what Reed's been doing uh, and what his preferences are. And he, his yeah. reaction is is there's this it, this fight breaks out and he he takes the other guy's knife and and stabs him with it. It is during a scuffle. It's not premeditated. It's it's not cold. It's a, a temper thing, and that's when yeah. the group want to execute him they're like well you know it's execution for murder and that's when Tamsin steps up and says no let him go Stanton wasn't there at this point because he had gone off to get supplies and bring them back yeah um but Reed is then exiled and you assume at that point that he's dead you know because they're in the middle of nowhere Mm -hmm. but it transpires later that his daughter seeing what was happening snuck off with supplies and a horse and gave it to him and that's what you don't realize that right till the end when he launches a rescue mission to go back and get his kids and his wife from from these these cabins in the mountain that these other people are stuck at yeah i mean it's non-stop all the way through we there's no way we could cover every significant point in this because she's just she's tick 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 I know. It's just, it is, it's like what the flashback, because 
the flashbacks again to their origin stories why yeah. they ended up on this wagon train and Re- and Reed's being that he had a full blown relationship with yes. another man, um, but it got um, it was discovered and obviously then once that rumor mill starts you you got to get out of dodge you know <laughs> literally literally yeah. got to get out of there. They're all running um, from something, aren't they? They are. So Stanton's running. Yeah. Um, Tamsin's running. Donna's running. Reed's running. Um, yeah, they're, they're they're all trying to get away from. Even Bryant's trying to to get away from something. He's he's chase. He wants to meet the Indians because of this experience that he had years ago yeah. to do with a supposed monster that the Indian myths account for. Yeah. So every single you're right. I didn't realize that every single one of them mm-hmm. is running. They are. I mean, that was the whole idea, I think, anyway, of the Great Move West, wasn't it? It was for fresh starts, living, the, you know, finding finding gold and your own piece of land. And mm. that was the big dream of it all. But it was, it, it was, a lot of it was running away from your problems, but your problems will eventually catch up with you one way or another. Yeah, and they'd loaded half of them into their fucking wagon. Yeah. <laughs> they were married to them much. Yeah. <laughs> And I, I think that one of the the last and ultimate spoilers is it's it's Kiesberg who is the nasty fucking monster within. But man, it's it's the the way it went around doing it. I, I you know I didn't see coming because obviously when it comes to the Donner Party, you just it was a case of these people got stranded and turned to yeah. cannibalism. That's as far yeah. you know. That's your basics. Um, but this, this, it, it's something else. It's not. No, she, she was really clever. So it's not until he's really subtly mentioned he's on the fringes of the story, until you get to a point where you get a flashback and it's his granddad before he's married. It's his grand. Is it is his granddad? Isn't yeah. it? It's not well, his dad. It's no. Yeah. Um. The the um chisel that was found was his uncle's. Yes. And he'd done a previous expedition before to go over it and um. Then it was the flashback was to Kiesberg, and it was his grand, yeah, his grandfather. Uh, Kiesberg was already settled in America, wasn't he? Yes. And his grandfather came over, and he never liked his grandfather from the old country coming mm. around. He didn't want anything to do with him. So yeah, and that's that's when you find out that there's this this issue within their bloodline, this curse within their bloodline. Yeah. Uh, and that curse makes they basically they have to feed. Um, on on human flesh, and but they're immune to it's like spreading a virus. It's a kind of werewolf zombie sort of thing going on, isn't it? Well, they're cut. They're kind of like asymptomatic, aren't they? They they can yeah. spread it, but they don't get they don't change themselves. No, because all the beasties are people that have been infected. Yeah. So when uh, Michelle mentioned earlier about the man that Tasman was nursing, he got into a fight, obviously with. Keysburg, Keysburg, uh, Keys, the man's dog had bitten Keysburg. Keysburg had shot the dog, and um, obviously he'd um, got some of the blood in yeah. his mouth during this fight, and that's how he got was the first infected. Yeah, and and then it went it went from there, and um, at the end, he kind of when they get to this this isolated spot and it's the end of the road for them, he ends up taking charge and they they kill all the cattle and freeze it in the snow but then he's also been freezing bodies to feed the others um 
which is when uh, Tamsin comes across him and discovers what he's been doing. So once her husband's died, she makes it. She makes this perilous last trek to, to join them. Yeah. And he, he reveals all. Um, and she makes the decision. He makes it quite clear that he's got enough bodies now stacked up in the snow that they should be able to last the winter, barring one body. He reckons they need one more. Yeah. And her kids are part of this group in the mm-hmm. cabins. Um, and that's when she, she makes that decision rather than take the chance that it might be one of her kids he kills to feed the others. Yeah. She makes the choice to, to sacrifice herself. She drinks some of her herbs um, and, and goes to sleep and he, he, he butchers her. Yeah. Yeah. Lest we forget, also as well, there was a point when obviously he was left with um, the majority of the group and Stanton and the others left. Yeah. And um, some, um, is it Eliza or something like Elisa or yeah. one of Tasman's stepdaughters and Tom, the, the young, Native American, the Native American boy, go back to the group to, you know, be with them, what have you. And it turns out that Kiesberg has been getting them to is it sacrifice is it like a child yeah he's been perving on the kids telling yeah. the kids that he's he's got to have a good lot feel up of him it's, it's quite unsettling but it's well written because it does it's not detailed um to keep everyone safe the idea i think the idea isn't that they they sacrifice a child to the beasties but if these girls come in the woods and yeah do whatever, let 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 him do what he wants to them. He'll make sure that they don't. It's get not them. Put, they yeah. don't get put forward. So, um, so he, he's a horrible fucking. He is, and that's and then that's that's what leads to Tom's death. Is ultimately, um, Keysburg takes corners, lies in the woods, and he wants more than just a little feel. Attempts to rape her, and that's when Tom interrupts it and all that. So yes, he was he was absolutely vile. A right old wanker, but the I mean the the book it it's so I couldn't put it down. Could you? No, I mean even <laughs> even when it got to stuff like that where you would normally go, oof, I need I need to yeah. step away for a minute. No, no. <laughs> you just had to keep going, didn't you, to find out what was going to happen next? I did. I need. I I did. And like I said, because whenever it just gets to that moment she she knows when to turn the story whether it be into horror or something a bit calm or something just to you know just the right amount of timing oh but i just i can't find the words to praise it enough (laughs) no i I was thoroughly utterly totally impressed to the point that i will now be paying attention to, to what else she's got out there definitely she's um she's she's only been writing um, not that long, I don't think, but she's got a nice little set already out there. Yeah, I mean, I'm I'm gonna try and power through what I've got pending, which is right quite large. <laughs> um, <laughs> but yeah, no, I definitely. I mean, I I now I definitely 100% want to read the deep, which is supposed to be her take on the Titanic. Yeah, yes, definitely. That one looks really interesting. Yeah, it's quite fun. I've been looking at some of the covers of the um the the first releases. <laughs> of the books there's a lot of lady looking over the shoulder action I sense a theme but I mean yeah no this is 100% a thumbs up from 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 me we've just given you a chaotic non-chronological timeline of characters and, uh, and events but it, it's there's so much we haven't mentioned I'm telling you now guys 
<laughs> this is literally like just half of the story because as as Michelle is like telling you all these fantastic details in my head is going oh and there's this and there's this and there's this but we're like we're gonna be here till tomorrow <laughs> and keep going I've got a joint in the oven <laughs> yeah <laughs> but yeah I no. have to feed my child <laughs> But yeah, it's definitely 100% a, a thumbs up from me. Absolutely, totally loved it. And my fucking God, this year is going well. Oh, what? Don't, don't jinx it. So touch wood, touch wood. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Snack's forehead made of wood. <laughs> okay, well, well what, have we, what have we got next in it? So oh. we have got a ramble next. Yes. Uh, which is going to be the most controversial literary opinion. I'm going to say that again. It's what, <laughs> what is your most controversial literary opinion? Is yes. Next. And that's going to be followed by Whisper Down the Lane by Clay McLeod Chapman. Yes. I'm just gonna I'm just gonna give that the first little bit just to uh, inspired by the McMartin preschool trials and the satanic panic of the 80s, the critically acclaimed author of the remaking delivers another pulse pounding true crime based horror novel. Ooh. You know me, true crime and horror is the best sandwich ever. It's perfect <laughs> for you. Perfect for you. This is completely up my street. Let's hope the thing keeps going, eh? Oh, fingers crossed for this one, guys. Um, so, so yeah, you if you want to have a read of it, it is on Audible, and or get it. Is it Kindle? Did you get it, Michelle? No, I got paperback for this one, and it's a pretty cool cover. It's it's yeah, it's got like an eighties weird vibe on the front of kids sitting around a pentagram. It's it's yeah, it feels nice too. Oh, good. Well, <laughs> well, you've got a chance now if you want to have a read of it before we record. You've got a nice what two weeks there. Mm. Excellent. We'll, so, oh, we'll see you next episode, I'm guessing, then, innit? Yeah, so we'll see you at the Ramble, and then we'll see you for the next book. Lovely. All right, then. Goodbye, everybody. Okay, boys. Good night. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for listening to this episode of Two Crones and a Book. If you would like to contact the show, you can email us at twocronespodcast at gmail.com. And don't forget to follow us on social media for episode content and more. You can find us on Twitter at Two Crones Pod and on Instagram at Two Crones and a Book. Also join our Facebook group at Two Crones and a Book. Please don't forget to rate, review and subscribe to the show on your podcast listening app of choice. Take care now and we'll see you next time. Bye.